I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and brain health expert, and you're listening to The Bold Life Podcast, the podcast for working moms who are feeling stressed out and overwhelmed trying to do it all. As a working mom with big career dreams, I know what it's like to not have enough time in the day and to lack the skills and confidence to reach your goals. I have spent years understanding how our brains work and learning what holds us back from having the courage to reach our dreams. Each week, I'll be sharing practical strategies to help you find more time in your day, build your confidence, fight back against mom guilt, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. Hello, and welcome to the Bold Life Podcast. Today, we're joined by Tanya Eklund, superstar realtor and head of the Tanya Eklund Group here in Calgary, to talk about how to get comfortable delegating to your team, which can be really tough for us recovering perfectionists and overachievers who like to have control over everything. Tanya is one of Calgary's top performing real estate agents for luxury and inner city properties. Since 2015, she sold over $424 million in sales volume. The Tanya Eklund Group has been the number one and two ranked team for the past five years at the top performing REMAX office in the world. In 2020, Tanya was the number one ranked luxury real estate agent in Calgary. When she's not killing it at work, Tanya is a proud champion of several philanthropic causes, including Woods Homes and the SSUBI Foundation, giving back to the community she loves. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you, Nicole. (laughs) I am super excited to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Very excited to be here. And if you hear a little puppy barking in the background, that's my puppy, Georgie. He's in the office today. Oh, my goodness. What type of puppy do you have? He is a chihuahua. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So cute. Okay, I'll be listening for any puppy sounds now. (laughs) So maybe can you get us started and tell us a little bit about what got you interested in working in this area? Well, I kind of fell into it. I say I became an accidental entrepreneur. I was um, uh, 18 years old at the University of Alberta. I had a double major in linguistics and anthropology, thought I wanted to be a lawyer, and really just got burnt out from going straight through school for three years, summer school, everything. And so real estate presented itself. And I moved up here very quickly within, I think it was two or three weeks of, of le- like dropping out of university. I did not finish my degrees. And I think I had the intention of going back and then real estate just kind of became my life. After three years, I had so much blood, sweat and tears invested into it. And I was finally starting to kind of feel, uh, reap the rewards and feel like I wasn't yeah. in this hamster wheel. And uh, so fast forward 21 years uh, today, 21 years today, I've been licensed wow. with Remax Central. And uh, it's just, it's been a ride. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I'd love to ask you a little bit about what that transition was like. Because I know for um, a lot of us, we kind of, we feel like we should go to university and there's this like path we can take, but then we get there and, you know, it's not everything that it's cracked up to be all the time. <laughs> or maybe it's not a good fit for us, right? Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what that was like making that transition for you? Yes, well... You know, I, I, I have to be honest, I do have a little bit of envy of people who have a doctor like yourself, doctorate <laughs> or an LLP. It is very prestigious. But I, I realized that I was maybe I, I was the girl in high school that studied my butt off and got, you know, a 78. And my friend beside me who I ran into a couple weeks ago, Christina, she wouldn't even look at a book and she'd get a 98. Right. You know? And so I don't know if it was retention of, retention of information, but 
I um I just felt a calling to real estate and then it turned into this journey of entrepreneurship and running my own business and having a team and I literally say I'm an accidental entrepreneur I I just kind of fell into it and it was just the progression of where my life was at that point I think when I was younger I had some guilt about not finishing my degrees. I had very have and had very supportive parents that of course, they wanted me to get an education. But I had said to my parents, you know, I remember sitting them down and saying, guys, I'm going to go to university. But if something else comes up along the way, another opportunity, I just need your support in, in you know, ex, you know, experiencing that and trying that out. And they were very, I'm sure they were biting their, their nails off, right. and called them year three and said, I'm dropping out to start real estate yeah. in Calgary. Um, but they were very supportive. And I think they believed in me. And that was the catalyst in kind of, you know, making that jump. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about building your team. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know a lot about how real estate teams yeah. work. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? How you start, how you grow, what that looks like? Yeah. So, well, when you first start out, you're on, you're a lone bird. You're doing, wearing every hat, which is really great because in any business, you want to learn your business. And if you just jump in with a team, a lot of the times, the team background, the administrative, the support staff do all of the work for you as a new agent. And that's not really a great thing because you want to know how to do conveyancing and how to write your offers and how to put them on our system, um, the listings on the system. And so I did all of that for about five years. I did all of the background. I, you know, I wasn't nailing in the sign in the front yard, but I was putting the just listed sign and dropping off the lockbox and feature sheets. And so you have to learn all of that. I feel like that is a very, that's like real estate 101. And then it got to a point where I wanted to focus my energy on more selling real estate than the administrative side. And I made a lot of mistakes along the way, though. I hired buyer's agents, so licensed agents, when, and I kept losing them because I didn't have enough business to give them. And that's the reason a buyer's agent will join a team is to get business. And so I kept losing them and they'd say, Tanya, we love you, but we're not getting enough business from you. And so what I realized, you know, after, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, I know that's the definition of insanity. Right. Um, I realized that what I needed is a really strong admin, an administrative person sitting in that seat. And so that was the a really big stepping stone for me because then I was paying my first salary. And, right. and but what that did is it freed up all of the administrative work. So I could really focus on what I was good at, which was meeting people, relationships and selling real estate. And so it's giving up that control, um, having to pay a full time salary. And so but I really I mentor other businesses. And I say that's really an important stepping stone. And it's daunting. And you think you don't have the money to do it. And you don't have the time to teach. But I always say what what um, you can't afford not to do it. And then from there, fast forward 21 years, I just kept adding and adding and adding as I needed. Last year, one of my admins came to me and she says, Tanya, I was going through your receipts and your invoices and for what you spend in photography and videos, you could hire somebody full time. And so to me, that was probably the easiest position to hire because I could literally see what I was paying in a year outsourcing and then what it would cost me to hire someone in-house full time. So that was probably the easiest position I've ever had because I'm like, yeah, of course. But you just kind of as you grow, you keep adding the support people that you need to help you grow and elevate your business so you can focus on the things that you're good at. Yeah. 
I like that. And I agree. I think that's a really tough leap for a lot of early entrepreneurs is like, you know, I, I'm looking at my numbers and I'm not making enough money right now in my head to justify hiring someone else. But, you know, what is my time worth? Right. And the other thing that I remind myself a lot, because I struggle with this too, because I feel like I should be able to do everything is that I'm actually not good at a lot of the stuff that I can hire <laughs> yeah. someone else to do. Right. Like I, I think with you, right. When we first scheduled this interview, I messed up my schedule because I'm not supposed to be touching my schedule. I'm not good okay. at doing that. Right. Like that's why I have help to do those things because my strengths are elsewhere. I'd be interested to know kind of how you figure that out for yourself, how you found where your strengths were as a real estate agent and how you kind of figured out what that first part you were going to delegate was? Well, I, 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 to my recollection, it was when I, I was married. So I've been married to Chad since 2007 and we have two amazing daughters. And, but I was sitting in our office at our old house and um, he was doing an executive MBA at the same time. And so for a while, it was actually really great because he was, you know, runs a company and then was an extra 35 hours a week doing an MBA Right. And I was working like a dog and we had no kids and people would always say, Oh, you know, how's your marriage? Like, you know, he, and I'm like, right. it's great. We both work all the time. Right. Yeah. But uh, it was right after he finished his MBA and he had all this time again. And I was still up till one in the morning doing paperwork. And I was like, there's gotta be a better way. Like I shouldn't be spending my time on things that I'm a, maybe not as great at anymore. B don't want to do. Um, and see, I, I want to spend time with my husband again. And so that was really the, I remember, I remember the moment where I'm sitting at my desk and it was one in the morning and I'm doing a conveyancing sheet and I'm like, something's got to give. And so that was the moment where I thought, you know, it's a big step for me, but I, I really need to hire somebody. And then onboarding, um, was you know, I, I remember and, and the my first admin was also an agent. So she did a bit of both. And she's still like a sister to me. And um, it was really daunting. But I think we kind of learned with each other. <laughs> you know, yeah. here I am teaching, you know, admin, I really don't I mean, I've been in it five years, I don't maybe know a ton still, but I, I we kind of I think that's fake it till you make it. Rule. Yeah, yeah. And then she really, my business really changed after that, it probably I'd say five to six months in when we really kind of got the flow of it, I only spent time on the things that really made me income. Um, the things that I was good at, which was the relationship part, the communication, the negotiation. And so even today, when I meet with potential clients and sellers, they might say, well, what are your strengths, Tanya? And I'll say communication, negotiation, and marketing. Those are my strengths. And so I really was able to hone in on those strengths because I then had the time. Yeah, I really like that. I think that's a great approach and a great model of... I really like that you started learning everything as well. I think that's super important too, especially when we're starting a business to at least kind of know how everything works, right? Exactly. You want to know the backbone of your business. It's Then when you get really busy, it's 
important to know what's going on in your business. And I'm actually not great at this. So I may be preaching something that I need to work on. But, you know, that would be an example of I wasn't following my books. And my admin came to me and she said, Tanya, you know, I'm looking at what you're spending on photography and videos and you could hire someone full time. But that's the also the power and testament to having strong support staff that they will show you your weaknesses and show you where you can run your business better. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. How big is your team now? So there are eight of us in total. Um, I just lost an agent to Maui. Oh, She's moving oh to no. Maui. She's my longest agent who was <laughs> with me for almost nine years. But I have five support staff and then two admin, or sorry, two full-time licensed agents and then myself. I know you said maybe kind of keeping track of what's going on everywhere isn't necessarily your strength. But do you have any tips for doing that? Because that's something I always wonder about is how do I make sure everything's running smoothly, but also stay focused on kind of where my strengths are? Yes, I would say the the biggest piece of advice I can give is having a strong team, trusting them and delegating. So it might not even be within my immediate team. I have a really great accountant that does tax planning for me. And I trust my accountant. I've been audited before. He's walked me through the entire process. He does my tax planning. So I don't have to worry about that. I know every month I have to make these installments. And, you know, this is what I have to do to tax plan. Um, I have uh, our, our nanny and she helps us with also managing our household. So, you know, even this morning we talked about, okay, our kids are old enough. We're doing chores. We're doing an allowance. We're going to, you know, she's doing a full chart of what that looks like. So she's helping us manage that part of our life. And so as you start to see some success in your business, I always say you should be delegating the things that A, don't serve you, B, really don't make you the money that you could be making in other places, and C, will free up your time to take care of yourself. So delegation, I believe, is really important, but to delegate to the people that you trust. Yeah, I really like that. And I really like the idea too of thinking of your team as bigger than just your work team. Because you're right, there's so many other places that we can get support day to day. Yes. And I, I joke, I said to someone the other day, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to help an adult run their lives. Right. You know? um, especially when you are a business owner and you have a family, you need the proper support in place. Um, and that's why I really, um, today standing here, I'm not saying it's always been that way, but I can say that I do have that balance and wellness in my life because I have an amazing support team behind me. Yeah, that's fantastic. Something we've talked about on the show before too, is that even if you're not at the place where you can hire someone to help with those things, there are ways to make things easier through, you know, automation, even something as simple as like ordering your groceries. So you're not having to, you know, spend that time in the grocery store. Do you do anything like that in your day? We have Jay, who is a big part of our lives. So she is our nanny and our and, and helps kind of manage our home. Um, we have someone who cooks for us four times a week in the evenings. And I love cooking, but oftentimes I'll get home at 5.30 and, you know, I don't want to cook for an hour. Um, but to your point, this isn't something that we were always able to do. I wasn't able to do this as a single woman when I was 23, but I also didn't have two kids in a big business. Right. So... You're right. Um, ordering, you know, meals that are delivered or a grocery service. The other thing that I really encourage young companies to do is if you, if you don't feel that you can have a full time employee, there's a lot of virtual help. 
So, and, and it's contract work. So it's an hourly wage. So even if you think you might need someone for two or three hours a day, most businesses, small businesses, single people that are running a small business can afford to have someone help them for, for two to three hours a day at, you know, $15 an hour. And it is a scary step. It's a scary step giving up control. But I truly believe that's the risk areas that you have to take sometimes in order to help grow your business. No risk, no reward. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so I know that's something you've been working on for, for 20 years. But do you have any kind of tips or strategies for kind of taking that initial leap? Because you're right, it is really tough to kind of step outside our comfort zone and put that risk out there, whether it's, you know, hiring a virtual assistant a couple hours a week, anything to make that feel less scary? Yes. Well, I would always go back to time management and having a schedule. Like, it's funny, because these phones that we have, you love them and you hate them. Right. But I have an old school day timer that I write everything down in and that is my life. And I, I think that if you can learn time management and how to schedule your day, that will be probably the initial uh, part of then knowing what you need to perhaps delegate in your life. And some, you know what, I, I've been doing this for so many years that I, I just, I'm good at scheduling now. I'm not saying I always was, but I can really map out my day. And if you look at my schedule book, it's starts at 8.30, I have 8.30 to 9.30, you know, and then it's just kind of keeps on going. And I come in in the morning and my staff will say, Britt will say to me, okay, what do you have going today? So they know what my day is like as well. But when you're starting out and you don't maybe even have a lot to do, like when I started real estate, I mean, I'd open up the week and it was blank, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so then you start filling things into your week and maybe It's um, meeting with people that are potential clients, getting your name out there. And this is not just in real estate. This isn't anything. Um, Educating yourself, knowing your competition and what your competition is doing, making sure you set time for yourself, whether it's a walk, a run, a gym workout, meditation, prayer, whatever you need to do to decompress, coffee with a friend. So I think a lot of the times when we're growing businesses, we forget to take care of ourselves, but we are the vessel. And if the vessel goes down, the ship goes down, the, 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 the business goes down. And so even when I started real estate, I was always making sure that I was getting in my self-care. And that was easy at the beginning and actually get, became more difficult once your schedule fills up. Um, and then if you're really learning time management, having an accountability partner, and it would probably should be somebody that is also maybe going through some of the same pains as you are. So maybe not your best friend, um, but somebody in a business environment to, to say, okay, how did you do this week? How did I do this week? Did we fulfill our duties? Did we fill up our schedule? How was our time management? Um, because I did have someone that I was accountable to in the first couple years of real estate. I think that's a great strategy as well. And especially when we're starting businesses or if we're kind of an, a solopreneur working on our own, it feels like you're working, you know, totally in isolation sometimes, right? Other people don't get it. Friends and family aren't doing this. They're doing different paths and having other people who are on the same journey can be such great support and accountability. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. I really like that. I love as well. Thank you so much for um, being so open about all the supports you have. I think that's something that's really tough, especially as women, sometimes to to reach out and ask for that help mm-hmm. when we need it. And to be able to say, you know, I am a priority 
too. And I know you've prioritized your self-care all the way through. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how do you do that? How do you find time for yourself? I schedule it in. So if you looked at my day timer this week, I actually have Jim meet Brianne at four o'clock and I have it for 60 minutes. Go for my run, do my stairs, get my nails done. I got my gray roots done yesterday because I know that if I look good and show up for the people around me and I feel good, then I'm going to be able to be 100% awesome for the people in my life. Yes. If I feel like I've gained weight or I'm not looking good or my hair is gray or my Botox isn't fixed or I want to feel good for me and in turn I can show up for the people that are in my life. And so some people may call it, well, you're, you know, it, it may be a selfish thing, but I do put myself first because it's that old analogy that when you're, when your plane is going down, your oxygen mask goes on first so you can save the people around you. And I love my life and I love being me. And I love that I do take care of myself because when I get home at 5.30, I can, you know, feel good about myself and spending time with my family and doing the things that I love and I'm healthy. And I think a lot of, especially women, you know, you had mentioned being, you know, talking about being a woman and doing it all. I think that that is where a lot of women really struggle is they put everyone else first. And I remember years ago listening to an Oprah um, program and I love Oprah. I still love Oprah. Yeah. And uh, she had Lance Armstrong's wife on and she was saying, and I think her name was Melissa. I, I could be wrong though. But basically she was saying that the demise of her marriage was because that Lance and her kids became first and she was down at the bottom on the totem pole. So she stopped doing yoga. She stopped seeing her friends. She stopped going to church. She stopped all the things in life that gave her pleasure, that filled her tank. And then she woke up one day and she said, I'm not living for myself. And I don't ever want to lose that. When my kids leave the house, I still want to love myself and love the relationship that I have with my husband. And so I think it's easy as parents, as mothers, as entrepreneurs, that we put a lot of people first in our lives when we should be taking care of ourselves. Yeah, I love that. I read um, Michelle Obama's book a while back as well. And she talks about that too, where she got to the point where she was um, super almost resentful of Barack because he was going out and doing things and exercising. And then she kind of realized okay, well, it's because I'm not putting myself first too. And I need to find time to do these things. And I was like, well, geez, if Michelle Obama needs this <laughs> reminder, like we obviously all need these reminders, totally. right? Yes. Yeah. So true. <laughs> yeah, I love that. The other thing I want to ask you about another book, because all my stories, anyone who's listening to this podcast knows they all start with, I was reading this book, but I was reading this book called Grit by Angela Duckworth. Oh, yes. Grit. Yeah. Oh, yes. Fantastic. And what I love about it is she talks about how important really perseverance is, right? And how really our success comes not from things just being easy all the time, but from going through those tough times and learning how we can continue to keep that motivation. Can you maybe share about a time in your business where you've had to do that, where things have maybe not gone as smoothly and kind of what you've done to get through that? Yeah. Well, um, I've even had a, like two, three major challenges in the last 12 months. And, you know, it's the environment that we're in, the stress of other people, and you're, you know, you're kind of the brunt of it. But they've been defining moments in my business and really challenging. I didn't eat or sleep for two days 
through one of them. And I'm the opposite. You know, some people stress eat. I just don't eat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And but I I really again, I surrounded myself with I have surrounded myself with really amazing people that elevate me, you know, they say you are the average of the top five people you surround yourself with. And so I called up my coach, I called up my emotional intelligence, uh, a guru, and I called the people in my life that I knew would be able to support me through it. It doesn't mean that it was like smooth sailing. It doesn't mean that I talked to them and I felt a lot better, but they calmed me down. They gave me perspective. Um, I like talking. So I, some people just bottle it up and some people talk. I'm a talker. So yeah. my team was there for me. They supported me through it and were really kind of like Tanya, it's going to be okay. Um, so I believe in finding the people that can elevate you in your life that can can really give you some sound advice, not just the advice that's like, it's going to be okay. You did a good job. You didn't do anything wrong. But really to be able to dissect the situation and say, okay, well, are you making a bigger issue out of this than it is? You have it in your mind already that it's going to be a big issue when you don't even know the outcome. And so, you know, I... Again, just having really solid people in my life as sounding boards, but I am a talker and I, that really helps me through the situation. And I think a lot of people probably deal with those things the same way. Yeah, I really love that. I think this past, you know, 16 months has really shown us to how much connection is important, Mm, not just in our businesses, but in our lives and having that support and knowing that there are those people that aren't just going to be people that make you feel better, but we'll give you some perspective, right? That will make you take a hard look at this and help you continue to grow is so important. Yes. And and I mean, we all make mistakes or we all get ourselves into situations that we never imagined that we'd be in there because we don't feel that we've done anything wrong. But it's just life. And I remember my mom, me saying to my mom, my mom reminded me of this She said uh, she remembers me coming home one day as a young teenager. I was probably 12 or 13. And I slumped down on the couch and I just said, it's life just isn't fair. And I had tears streaming down my eyes. And as a mom now, I could just, oh, you know, but, but life isn't fair. And things happen in life to all of us that aren't fair, but we have to deal with it and we have to manage it. And we can't curl up in a ball under our bed and, and hope it's going to go away. You do have to deal with these things. And so finding people to help you with the tools to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's a great recommendation. Great strategy. Okay. This n- next question I'm asking everyone, okay. if I was your best friend, what book would you recommend I read? It can be fiction or nonfiction. Oh my gosh. There has been so many Probably the one that comes to mind is well have I have I have two. Sure. <laughs> so the the one book that actually changed my life was The Purpose Driven Life from Rick Warren. I grew up in a in a Christian home. You don't need to be religious to read it. It gives you just perspective in life in general. And why that book changed my life is I was reading it in uh, Africa in the Eldoret Airport. And this man comes up to me, this tall man, African man, and he sits down beside me and he says, that is the best book you will ever read. And that family um, became dear friends. They live in Nairobi. Um, I chat with Rebecca every Thursday through WhatsApp. And that was since 2004. 
Wow. And it was because of that book. And it, it's it's really impacted my life in other ways. Um, and then a book that I hear they're making a movie about that is also nonfiction is called The Red Notice. And I forget the author. It is unbelievable. Like, I think I binged read it and read it all like in four days. And they are making a movie about it. Um, it's about a businessman that goes to Russia and there's a lot of, um, it's like a psychological thriller almost, but it's a true story of life in Russia. I will just say on the edge running for your life. Wow. Okay. I'm adding them both to my list. They sound right. great. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was fantastic. Thank you, Dr. Nicole. You're very welcome. If folks want to learn more about you, where can they go? Well, uh, it's the part of the business, but I literally am all over the internet. <laughs> so, uh, they can go, uh, to, they can just Google Tanya Eklund. My handle on Instagram is Tanya Eklund. I have the Tanya Eklund group is my business Facebook page. www.tanyaeklundgroup.ca is my website. And, uh, yeah, so just, just Google my name. Perfect. I'll put all those links in the show notes as well. So folks can click awesome. on them. Do you have billboards and benches too, by the way? I joke. Yes. And I, I say, you know, it's what every little girl dreams of to be on a bus bench in a shopping cart, like jokingly, of course, right? I, didn't, I didn't mean that <laughs> sincerely, but uh, yes, I, it's just a part of marketing. So it's a necessary evil. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to look for you when I'm driving around the city. Okay. Sounds good. Anywhere in our city, Southwest, you will find me on a bus okay. bench. Okay, I'm going to go search you out. Well, thank you again for coming on, Tanya. Thank you, Dr. Nicole. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right, everyone. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, and you're listening to the Bold Life Podcast. Bye.